Good Thursday morning. Today is January the 24th. It is 8.33, and we are here to seek God's face and to know his heart. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here this morning. Uh, as you can tell, I've got something going on with my, my throat, but I'm rebuking it in the name of Jesus. So I will do my best to get through everything. We've got a lot of, of content to read. If you haven't been following along this week, we've been talking about how to practice the presence of God. And we've been, I've referenced the book a couple of times on Monday and Tuesday. It was about Brother Lawrence and, and practicing the presence. And we've been reading this Bible plan. So we're on day four of the Bible plan. And, and the title of today's Bible plan is Meeting the Resistance. Meeting the Resistance. So the last three days have been incredible. The, the, the author of the Bible plan has just been giving us insight from the book, from Brother Lawrence, on how to practice the presence of God. How do, how, do we, how do we stay in his presence? How do we stay focused? How do we commune with him throughout the day? And, and so the last three days have been incredible. We're getting into some good stuff today. And then we're going to finish this little Bible plan tomorrow. And then we'll pick something up next week fresh so if uh, if you want to hop on and, and and read that or go read the devotions with each bible plan again that link is up there in the description so go ahead and hop on there with us doesn't matter that you hopped on the fourth day it doesn't matter obedience is better i posted that picture last night obedience is better if god's telling you to hop on this bible plan and read it to go back and and study what we've already covered then do it there, there's no shame for you to come in on day four. It, it's all about obedience, and it's complete obedience, and it's obeying all the way. Amen. So day four, the title is Meeting the Resistance. In day three, <clears throat> excuse me, yesterday, we explored a few steps for making a start in practicing the presence of God. The first was to recognize that He is, in fact, present with us, omnipresent. The second was to realize that he actually wants to be engaged with us in the ordinary tasks and duties of our lives. Lastly, we were invited to keep a running conversation with him as we move throughout the given responsibilities of our day. Now we turn to exploring the inevitable conflict that occurs when trying to make this spiritual exercise stick. How many of you know that when we have the, the innate desire to seek God, to draw closer to him, there's going to be opposition to keep us from him. I do. I do. Every time. Every time I press in, I try to go to that next level with God, there's always opposition because the enemy does not want us to take the next level, the next step up and progress in our relationship with God. The closer we get to God, the more we realize that the enemy has no power. The closer we get, the enemy has no power. Because we realize who we are within Christ. We realize whose we are. And when we realize that, we don't play with the devil anymore. We don't flirt with his, his little desires. We don't flirt with the fleshly desires. Yes, we're gonna still we're still going to sin and we're still going to have that. But it's not going to be as easy because we're going to be sitting on the lap of our father. And if we're sitting on the lap of our father, our attention is not drawn elsewhere. 
If you've begun making a preliminary go of practicing his presence, then it's likely that you've already run into the oppositional force called resistance. It can take on the form of an unvanquishable foe, stopping us cold and causing us to question the feasibility of developing a perpetual conversation with Father, Son, and Spirit. Of course, Brother Lawrence was no stranger to this particular enemy, and his writings offer up key insights that can help us repel it. You have to know your enemy. The first insight is this. We must come to grips with just who the enemy is. Brother Lawrence keenly observed that resistance does not come from outside ourselves, but it originates within. He goes on the right. Do not be discouraged by the resistance you will encounter from your human nature. You must go against your human inclinations. In other words, Lawrence is telling us that we should prepare to battle our own self-defeating thoughts, feelings, and habits when attempting to permanently establish a continual conversation with God. What Brother Lawrence is saying, he knows that our flesh is going to rise up. Our flesh is going to get distracted. Here's one thing you need to consider. Back in his time period, now he was at a monastery period, so he didn't have the distractions of technology. He didn't have the cell phone. He didn't have somebody texting him. He didn't have phone calls coming in. He didn't have to check his email. So in a sense, I don't want to say it's easier because there's always distractions and there's always something that we don't understand. But we have to be extremely diligent to practice his presence in today's society. We are so we are so drawn by distractions. There's distractions all around us. There's there's billboards, there's TVs, there's YouTube, there's Twitter, there's there's Facebook, there's Twitch, there's you or Instagram. I mean, there's so many distractions, text messages, emails, junk mail, Groupon, everything. So we have to be extra diligent when we're practicing the presence, when we're getting into his presence. As disconcerting as this revelation might be, it shouldn't really surprise us. We know that even after receiving Christ, there will still be lingering factions at war in our interior. We still have a little bit of the world in us, says Brother Lawrence. Paul understood this well in his letter to the church in Rome. He explains, I have learned this rule. When I want to do good, evil is there with me. In my mind, I'm happy with God's law, but I see another law working in my body. Paul identifies this other law as sin. It turns out then resistance really arises from the sin within our members. How miserable our own flesh works against us. So what's the solution? In Paul's same letter, he emphatically declares, Jesus Christ is the one who is capable of fully freeing us. But how? By embracing the obstacle that our Savior has set before us. Brother Lawrence observed that if we are to think often on God by day and night, we must continually live and die with him. This is the glorious employment of a Christian. This is our profession. I heard a quote earlier this week too. I reheard it, I should say. And it goes like this. If we don't die, they will. If we don't die, we as Christians, we as the sons and daughters of Christ, if we don't die, they will. 
they being the unsaved, they being the Gentiles, they being the ones that don't know Jesus, that don't have a relationship. If we don't die to ourselves and our flesh and practice the presence, then, then our assignment, our assignments, the people that are in our lives that only we have the ability to touch, they're going to die. And, and when they die and they don't know Jesus, we all know what's going to happen. So we have to continually live and die with him. That is our profession. In other words, Lawrence exhorts us to take up our cross and follow Jesus in his manner of dying and rising. Now, cross-bearing is undoubtedly the greatest paradox of the Christian life. When one reads in entirety the good news story, the first thing one has to indeed grapple with is the conundrum of the cross. Even Jesus' disciples couldn't fathom that this obstacle that looks so very much like a dead end was in fact the way of redemption, salvation, and eternal life. The very impediment that stood in the way of the Son of God was the way. Isn't it ironic, the cross, that thing that our flesh so often tries to avoid, is the very thing that will lead us to liberation. Christ says as much when he declares, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. The key then is to embrace the cross, that instrument by which we repel the undercurrent of the sinful tendencies in the body that so manifests itself in the form of resistance. We're not alone in this endeavor, though, for far from it, the Holy Spirit is with us in every trying moment, taking our simple effort and accomplishing infinitely more than we can ever imagine. Brother Lawrence notes, comfort yourself with him who holds you fastened to the cross. He will loose you when he thinks fit. Happy are those who suffer with him. We therefore gladly persevere through the resistance that arises when we take up the practice of the presence of God. When we meet it, we count it as joy and lean heavily into the Spirit. As we act, we do so for the love of God, responding to our faith demonstrated in our action. He performs the heavy lifting of routing the enemy with, within by reshaping us into the image of Christ. Lawrence concurs, reminding us that all of our victories are to be attributed to the mercy and goodness of God because we can do nothing without him. So as you continue to press in, as you continue to bring your flesh under control of the spirit, as you continue to practice the presence of God and commune with him throughout your day, having a conversation, thanking him for the blessings, being obedient to the still small voice that you hear when he gives you instructions to reach out to his people. As you do that, your flesh is going to rise up and it's going to say, I don't want to do that. I don't want to die. I don't want to go to the cross. But we have to pick up the cross and follow him. We have to. And, and when we don't, we're not walking in complete obedience. And if we're not walking in complete obedience, we're walking in partial obedience. And partial obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is still disobedience. Hebrews 12, 
11, chapter, chapter 12, verse 11. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in the way. I just saw that word harvest. I just saw fruit just blossoming. So do you want to, to, to have that fruit of the Spirit in your life? You have to discipline yourself. You have to bring this into alignment. And, and, and it's painful. It's painful to get healthy. It's painful to get into the gym and to work out. It's painful to choose to eat vegetables over a big, fat, juicy cheeseburger and french fries. It's painful in the beginning. But once you get the obedience, once you get that discipline in, six months down the road, the cheeseburger, yeah, it's it's a cheeseburger. But you're all right with the vegetables because you know how your body feels because you're bearing good fruit or vegetables. Luke 9, we're going to read through 18 uh, all the way down to 26. One day Jesus left the crowds to pray alone. Only his disciples were with him and he asked them, who do people say that I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say you are one of the ancient prophets risen from the dead. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Peter replied, you are the Messiah sent from God. Jesus warned his disciples not to tell anyone who he was. The Son of Man must suffer many terrible things, he said. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world? But are yourself lost and destroyed if anyone is ashamed of me and my message the son of man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the father and the holy angels and we're going to last scripture and then we're going to close get you on your way second corinthians 4 7 through 11 or 7 through 12 pardon we now have this light shining in our hearts but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. I had this I had this this verse highlighted right here, 8 through 10. I want you to pay special attention and just listen to what I'm saying. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live in, under constant danger of death, because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. So don't give in to the opposition. Don't, don't give in to the distractions. Don't give in to your flesh. As we've learned in the last three scriptures, 
we've got to control, bring control over our flesh. Once we do that, we'll then be able to see the fruit flourish. And once we see the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit will come alive, and the fruit of the Spirit will draw others into our presence. Amen? Amen. Thank you for tuning in. I'll have this up on the podcast within the next 30 minutes or so. So if you want to go back and listen to this, feel free to do it. I'm going to pray and get you on your way. Father, we thank you so much for for your word today. We thank you that you're, you're drawing us into to your presence, Lord, that you're you're calling us to seek your face and, and to know your heart. And Lord, I pray that as we learn today, we're going to face opposition. And Lord, as we just read in Second Corinthians, that we're pressed, but we're not crushed, Lord. That that yes, we 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 experience opposition, Lord, but but it never destroys us. So Lord, as as we as we go throughout our day today, and we practice your presence, and we communicate, and we commune with you. Lord, I pray that you would take those distractions that have come to attack us or come to distract us and that we would renounce those, Lord, and and that we would we would walk in your presence today. And that as we continue to go and and, and finish up our our series tomorrow, Lord, that it would not just end in, in our in our five days that we've talked about this, but that this would be something that we would seek throughout 2019. Lord, as we just want to draw closer to you. Lord, we thank you for the divine appointments that you're bringing today. We thank you for the lives that are going to be changed by this word. We thank you for our lives that are being changed even right now, that are drawing us deeper into your presence. Lord, I thank you that your mercies are new every morning. We thank you for for your blessings that you're going to bestow upon us today. Lord, let us take up your cross and carry it and choose to seek your face. Father, we ask for forgiveness of our sins, and we thank you for for the armor of God that you've given us. Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful day. We will see you tomorrow.